This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Listen in to the January 4th, 2019, baby. It's the Fantasy Football Mailbag, the Road of His podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And we are brought to you by the fine folks over at the FFPC, the home of high stakes fantasy football. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart of Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show, this man used to coach college ball for crying out loud. He is the author of the famous Debbie Report and an all around good dude. Welcome to the show, Nick Whalen. You can find him on the tweets at underscore Nick Whalen. That's W H A L E N on Twitter. Nick, my man, what is good? What's happening? Hey man, that's uh, that's too big of an introduction. I think I think people need to know I'm going to disappoint them on this podcast. <laughs> we we like to just start off on the right foot. So in case it does go downhill from here, you know, we can at least say that we tried. That's really all that matters if we're being honest. <laughs> that's true. Um I am uh, I'm a little chilly here in Wisconsin. We've had a lot of snow recently and some cold temperatures. How are you doing over there, Jeremy? Oh, I'm I'm in the Chi Town, so we're we're typically like five degrees lower than you, but it, it's cold, it's icy, it's snowy, it's it's never what we want it to be. I think my my mother was over here and uh, babysitting for so my wife and I could um, try to get out of the house. It didn't go too well because you know I've been under the weather, I've got kids under the weather. It just it's all bad for you right now. It's just you know we could be in sunny Florida, but that would make things a little too simple. But we like to keep it a little bit uh, more complicated. And what What's more complicated than talking about fantasy football during the playoffs when we have, Nick, I mean, I'd say one of the best playoff landscapes and show sheets, I would say, in recent memory. I mean, it doesn't look like any teams don't belong here. So before we dive right in and talk about the player and team outlooks, et cetera, I want to take a step back, though, Nick, because, I mean, you spend a lot, and I, I say a lot, like a lot of time, putting together the Debbie Report year after year over at thedebbyreport.com. Uh, hashtag plug there for all you fine folks out there to get on over there and check it out. So while we're here at the Viz, we do a scouting index. We aggregate a lot of film analysis out there um, because it's not necessarily always our cup of tea, but we love bringing folks on that have that specialty. And if there's anybody I trust more than others out there, it's the Nick Whalen Meister right out here. So quite frankly, one of the guys I trust. So give us the deets. Give us the report. What's to come for the 2019 prospect season here? Yeah, um, well, this year, in terms of just like a rookie class and not in terms of like Debbie, because that would be the 2020, 2021, et cetera. Um, 2019, you're looking at, uh, people are going to be 
you know, a little disappointing the running backs, but I think there's some good value that can be had there. But the wide receivers, uh, Jeremy, like the wide receivers, it's going to be very interesting because this NFL landscape has moved away from the big wide receiver winning jump balls to more of these, you know, uh, good route runners, quick wide receivers. And this class has a lot of big guys, and we're going to see how they test out in those those 40 times that matter so much in the Underwear Olympics. And we have some <laughs> other smaller guys that I like. And it's going to be interesting to see how Twitter, how you know, different draft analysts really like the class. But there's a lot of good wide receivers. So this is one of those classes, in my opinion, not to have like that one, two, or three pick. It's to have a lot of like late first, early second picks. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I've been talking about and clamoring for this year. And and it's funny because we've always, and it's always going to be that way. You want to get those top overall picks. I get it right. But I think we're in that kind of, uh, I'll say period, a transition period. You mentioned it, going from big dudes to what I like to call the space invaders, right? And now you're going to see a lot of value. And even the second round, the third round, where you know these are some guys that have good production profiles. They they show a little bit of that quick twitch, if you will, and but traditionally they haven't been, you know, maybe the the highest market share dudes. They haven't been the guys that test out so well, and so we're trying to figure out how to better kind of uh, uh, analyze what those wide receivers look like. So let's dive a little bit um, closer to that. Give us an off the radar player, uh, maybe maybe for both running back and wide receiver. You're excited about heading into this draft season, Nick. Yeah, and, and, and you give me, you know, these questions ahead of time, Jeremy, and I can't give you, you know, the ones that people know about. I want, I want to do the ones that are, are, are way off the radar because, you know, I, I just, I, I put a lot of work into this stuff and I'd rather people, you know, learn maybe. I don't know. There's not always going to be good people, but th- th- here's a couple of running backs to, to just check out. So one is Travis Homer, running back from Miami. He is declared already. He's a guy that didn't have a great year. I expected it to be better, but he's a guy that can kind of do it all. Is he going to be, Amazing at everything? No, but he's going to be pretty good at everything. He can catch the ball. He's a little smaller, but he's tough. He runs hard. And Miami, that, that football team was just a mess this year. So, like, don't ignore the record there. Uh, and then off, uh, further off the radar running back there is Marquise Young. He's at UMass. Um, he's got the physical body and the athleticism. He just played at a small school and got beat up a little bit and did get a lot of carries this year. But he's always been productive. So those are two running backs to kind of check out that are Way under the radar, because you're going to hear about David Montgomery for days. Check out these guys. Um, wide receivers, I have to name my guy. So, you know, if anyone's followed me for a while, Corey Davis and Cortland Sutton were, were my guys. And my next guy is Greg Dortch, Wake Forest. He's starting to get a little bit too much pub. So I'm going to name some other guys that are getting less pub. But Greg Dortch is, you know, he's, he's number one in my heart right now. Uh, Hakeem Butler, Iowa State, he's flashed. He's big, athletic, but he's tough. And then some really under-the-radar guys, Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. He's a big guy. Doesn't move great. That's what happens with big guys. But he's going to be a really, really late-round prospect that you guys are going to like. And and one way off the radar that I like because he's tough, he's a good football player, he's probably going to be a better NFL player than a fantasy asset, is Cody Thompson from Toledo. He's a a fifth-year guy that has been injured a little bit, but he's always been productive. And I just like his effort. Yeah, that's, I mean, my goodness. If we're going to talk about effort, Nick, I mean, you, you went the extra mile there. And it's funny because I asked you for um, off-the-radar guys. And around these parts, we call those hashtag Rotoviz reaches, right? Because that's what we all, we're all about, getting off the board and finding some of that, that, 
that prospect talent that nobody else is talking about and really just kind of data mining for that. And that's what we're doing. And while we're about to talk about the playoffs, this is just a little snippet of what we're going to be talking about all off season. And get on over there and check it out. You get to get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. And that sub is going to give you unlimited access to all of our NFL content. And it also supports the pod. So you may be thinking, well, why the heck would I want to sub right now when the season is over? No, 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 no. The season is just beginning. The road of his season is just beginning. So get on over there, and you can also support this pod. Just get over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. We deserve it. We get the show out for you every single week. So do us a solid and hit that rate button. And you can also sub the Road of His Radio Network. You can sub the Fantasy Football Mailbag uh, channel directly. And we have a Patreon. It is up and running. Just go to uh, com slash Patreon. For just $5 a month, you're going to help support this elite exclusive community. And you're doing your part. And we're going to give back to you with live shows whenever we have those available as well. So you're getting 40 uh, podcasts a month on average, and then whatever we get you for the Patreon ship as well. So uh, do us a solid, hit the rate button, and get on over there to patreon.com. And if you have any questions you want answered on this show, we're going to be running the Fantasy Football Mailbag for a few more weeks here heading into the Super Bowl week. So give us an email over at rotovisradio at gmail.com, and we'll get those answered for you as well. All right, Nick, let's dive in. Fire up the QQs for the week. Uh, playoff league, PPR, playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? I'm in a league where I can start <laughs> one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, etc. How much are you willing to sacrifice a guy that you know is going to smash early on but will be eliminated once his team loses? I'd like to use a guy like Mitch Trubisky for an off-the-board deep run. But don't like the round two draw. And do I have to just suck it up and take somebody like DeAndre Hopkins? So that's what's so great about playoffs. And, and quite candidly, Nick, that's what's so hard about this year specifically in the playoffs because it's not like, okay, well, you know, there's Buffalo here. We're going to avoid them. And we've got these other high flying offenses. But now it's like this landscape is so different. I mean, I, I'm quite candidly, I'm confused on this. Like, sure, go ahead and take DeAndre Hopkins as almost, you know, maybe they get past the Colts. I don't think they will. Um, but, you know, it's also difficult to use one of those wide receiver spots on Nuke knowing that, you know, he, he might not be there in round two. What say you? Yeah, no, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head early with that this year's playoffs, I think, are probably the most confusing we've ever seen because you said every team looks legit. Even some teams that got left off, you're like, man, they could have got in. They were deserving. And all of the best teams, the top seeds, aren't playing that great anymore. They were midseason, and then New Orleans isn't looking as strong. The Rams certainly aren't. KC was losing some games. What? And then the Chargers, the hottest team, started losing some games too. We're just like, oh, what's going on? And I'm a Bears fan, so, you know, I'm pretty excited about them. I mean, they're hot, but they played worse down the stretch. Nobody knows. This is my strategy in the playoffs. I look at the matchups, okay, for playoff leagues. I try and figure out and think I'm smarter than everybody, which I'm not. Who's going to win out each of the games, okay? So, so okay, if this team I think is going to win this game, okay, I want to get more guys on that team because they're going to get two games out of them versus one. So, like you were saying – I think the Colts are going to win. I think they're going to smash Houston, okay? So I'm avoiding Houston guys, and I'm going to be investing in Colts guys because I'm going to get two games out of those starters versus one. So that's kind of what I like to do. So if if people want to hear my 
my literally nickel cent worth of advice of three teams that I would stack right now, I feel confident about the Bears, the Chargers, and the Colts. So I would I would try and get those types of those players and those teams. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. And I think if even if you're in a little bit more of a daily type of environment, these are going to be where you're going to get some of the salary savings as well. Um, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, big savings from Hilton off of Nuke. You're getting savings from Gordon off of Zeke. And I mean, nobody's going to really want to touch the Bears, even though they're in a prime spot, because you're looking at these wide receivers going, who's going to play? I don't know who's going to play, but yeah, you can take a Mitch Trubisky. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter who the heck has been at wide receiver for that team. Like, nobody is mind-blowing in in the Bears' scheme positions anyway. Like, they just go in and they do their part, and that's the type of offense they've managed so well to all season long. So, I'm in the same boat with you there, and uh, hashtag bear down. Let's go. Dynasty PPR, as valuable as these guys have been, is the arrow pointing down for Minnesota wide receivers now. Their coach decided they wanted to establish the run. Of course, we saw the frustration from Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen versus the Bears, Adam. So, I mean, uh, Nick, excuse me, Adam Thielen, Nick Whalen. Yeah, there we go. So, I mean, what say you? I mean, it, this is tough, right? Because, like, I've been the biggest big supporter, but it's still, you know, he's always been capped by the offense and just when we thought it was going to be gold for fantasy the the damn coach came back and said no we don't want you to have fantasy gold we want to get you know Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray involved in that and and when they go up against a, a tough defense now it's like I they didn't you know they didn't stop the season on a high note so I I don't know maybe you buy them on a low here that's probably the play here but um it's always so tough with these guys because you never really know who's going to get the bulk of the work yeah and, and even if you look halfway through the season Adam Thielen was the hottest receiver you've ever seen like record pace with those 100 yard games and now what is he? And people are disappointed and people are pointing fingers. And, and honestly, I, I'm a huge Thielen fan. I like Diggs. Actually, I like Kirk Cousins. I like that, that underdog story, you know, of this fourth round pick behind, you know, Robert Griffin the third and he's, you know, they wasted a fourth round pick and, you know, he's done okay for himself. That offensive line is really bad. And I think they had a really poor showing on national TV in a game they had to win to get in the playoffs. So you're absolutely right. This is one of those times when you smash and try and buy low on those guys because they're talented, they're young. Cousins, okay, he's better than Case Keenum. If Case Keenum was in that offense this year, it wasn't going to be as good. People have these <laughs> visions, you know, of, you know, gumdrops in their head, you know, the visions of last year. Last year's team isn't this year's team. Case Keenum would have looked worse than, than Cousins did. So, so they're, they're all going to be together for another two years, okay? I would buy them low, okay? That's going to help your dynasty teams moving forward because the, especially one thing I've noticed, Jeremy, is when, players have great plays or great games on national TV or bad games that sits with owners more than it should. It's just one game, but it sits because it's a national game. So capitalize on that. Yeah, I mean, that is social media 101 in a nutshell right now. I mean, that's why this fishbowl that we live in just gets exacerbated 10 times more than it ever should have. I mean, we take <laughs> the example is some of, some of the things that the athletes do this day and age and take a lot of deserved heat for. I mean, could you imagine if there was social media in the days of Michael Jordan and, and Walter Payton? I mean, come on, for crying out loud. Like, just, just, no, these guys would not be your heroes. I mean, these guys should never be your heroes 
just for crying out loud. They they just yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off the soapbox there and uh, talk a little bit about what your best and worst purchases are that you've ever made, Nick. So speaking of the fish bowl, the Scott Fish Bowl, right? So best purchase ever, Scott Fish, a good friend. Uh, we were talking years ago, and he convinced me to get this cell phone case, okay? And I'm like, all right, it kind of sounded dorky. It opened up. <laughs> you could put your ID and your credit card in there, your debit card in there. I bought it. It is amazing. I never carry a wallet. It's the best purchase of my life, and I recommend it to everybody that I see all the time, okay? That's probably not what people wanted. My, my best trade ever Um might not be like as amazing as people think, but uh, I had this Debbie trade where I had the number one pick. And I traded it away to the number the guy with the number two pick, but I also got the fourteenth pick. Okay, and I was decided between Saquon Barkley and Juju Smith Schuster. This is a long time. This is after their their freshman year in college. Okay, and so the owner traded with me, and the one on one he took Juju. I took Saquon Barkley. I won there. Juju came back. I, I really smashed that one. But the 114 pick, because, you know, I really like all these guys. I put a lot of time. I got Cortland Sutton there. So I think I really won that one in the end. You know, I don't play, admittedly, a lot of Devi. But one thing I always seem to notice is how Devi picks, I mean, am I wrong in saying, like, just always go for the numbers? Always go for the numbers because a lot of people slide down the Devi board, and these are guys that end up doing really well. And a lot of times people just go flying up the Devi board because of some early production, but it's not necessarily always sustained. So, like, yeah, I mean, give me the two for all day long there. And you netted Cortland Sutton, who admittedly hasn't looked fantastic, but give the dude a break for crying out loud. Like, it's his first full season as a rookie in a putrid situation with nobody around him. Like, he was supposed to be on the two- to three-year plan, and things happened to change a little bit in Denver, and he just kind of got thrust in a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm geez, that's beautiful. And I must say... I'm going to be looking into that phone case as well because I'm, I'm obviously the phone doesn't go anywhere. You need the debit card. You need the credit card, right? And it's annoying to have to take the wallet into the, the store if I'm using like a pair of comfy pants or something, right? So it would be much more prudent and, and just to be able to slide those cards in the phone case. So I'm all about that 100%. Uh, the only thing is I kind of find it with the kickstand too. Like can you get the card case and the kickstand on the phone at the same time. If so, I am 100% bought in. I'm looking right now, Jeremy, I don't see a kickstand, but maybe maybe just Google. Maybe, maybe look away. Um, <laughs> in, a, in a funny way, I, I put down my, my worst purchase ever, and I remember this because I, I, I run and I try to be as healthy as I can, and you know, you have those moments when you're like, you know what, I'm going to be... I'm going to be a grown-up, and I'm going to get a V8. Not the V8 Splash, which is like, you know, it's like juice, <laughs> you know. Nothing. The V8. You know, the, I'm going to get that one because that's – look at all of the nutrients, you know. I get it. I take a couple of drinks. I almost toss my cookies, man. I tell you, it was bad. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever tried to, to drink. Um, and on an even more sad note, in one of my biggest dynasty leagues, the you know the most expensive buy-in league, I wanted to get that next hurdle. I needed that one more stud, and I was really gonna you know get the title. So I traded for Dez, and this was right before Dez had the injuries and the downfall of Dez, which was just horrific, right? Because he was an absolute stud for a while. People forget that he was amazing for a while. And what I give up, I give up Brandon Cooks. So I was early in his career. Darius Geis, who, he was a Debbie then, 
And then three other high Debbies. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, I regret that trade immediately. Yeah, I mean, we, we've all got those moments. I mean, I, I traded away Todd Gurley a couple of seasons ago. Like, that's that's just a hash. Great job, Gummy. Great job. I mean, just smart on you. And what are you going to do? I mean, I was still buying Dez this offseason. You know, I was like, oh, it's a value. It's a veteran receiver. Dude's going to catch on somewhere, you know, and it just – it never happened, and then it did happen, and the guy couldn't get through a practice without unfortunately injuring himself pretty badly. So I just, what are you going to do? It is not an exact science, as they say. And with the V8, Nick, like, I'm sorry, you either hate it or you love it. Um, I'm on the love side. I'm not going to lie. Like, give me a good, uh, I'll get the low-sodium kind. I'll get the spicy V8, you know, with a little bit of kick in it. Oh, nothing better than a Bloody Mary with some spicy V8, man. Oh, uh, but, yeah, if, if like, if V8 is not your thing, you probably are going to toss your cookies. Oh, uh, <laughs> Well, what are you going to do? Uh, DFS, hey, Gummy, are you playing cash this weekend? Seems like I should really just be playing GPP for the playoffs. Are you finding yourself figuring out how to get to Luck or Watson? Seems like I should just be stacking that game. Where are you going for any value at any position that's clearly needed? So this is an interesting weekend, Nick, because, you know, we've got a slate of a, a few games here. It's nice, and this thing can go any which way. Like, I, ev- look, everybody, like, if you are finding yourself playing cash games, nobody's not going to at least go up to luck. But, I mean, just like I said this past weekend, you don't need Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, you can get Josh Allen. You can get Jared Goff. You can save a, a grand, and it's the quarterback position. It isn't going to kill you. Don't chase the 90th percentile outcome in that type of environment. You just don't need it. So, sure, you can go to luck, and maybe the results are going to get a little bit exacerbated on a short slate. But, I mean, just, just give me a Give me Dak. I mean, 5.5K, like, he's going to be fine. Seattle's weakness is in the uh, in the passing game, right? I mean, I'm totally fine saving the money there. Look, I mean, you're hitting the lock button on Zeke. Um, I, if you are playing tourney, like, everybody's going to hit the lock button. If you are mme go ahead and take the strong stance and just fade Zeke because there is an outcome where Carson can match Zeke, and then you have Cohen as well. You save all that money so you can double down on Nuke and Hilton when everybody else is going one or the other, and you can still get the Taylor Gabriel, who's basically the last man standing. So, I mean, that's – oh, and value – uh, Nick, Naheem Hines over on DraftKings, 3.5K. Marlon Mack isn't going to be able to run that ball against our, our hashtag bear down, right? So, I mean, Hines is going to have to get involved. And, I mean, he, does, he doesn't need anything to, to return to 2X value at 3.5K. And you're going to need to go with an ugly, uncomfortable place somewhere. Uh, Kiki Kudi's back. Um, so I mean, DeAndre Carter, you really don't want to go there. Maybe you take the savings down for like a Ryan Griffin, maybe Hunter Henry, not on a snap count. I I don't know. I mean, so uh, I think Naheem Hines makes everything work. Well, the one thing that I would avoid, um, when looking at this, I mean, I talked about teams I think that would win. I really want to avoid, and and this is a little counter to what what you had picked, but um, those teams that are facing, um opposing running backs or teams that like to run the ball like like chargers are gonna be tough because mm-hmm. you know baltimore's gonna play ball control they're not gonna have the ball for a lot so they really have to capitalize on those you know those possessions same thing with dallas you know seattle's gonna want to pound the rock you know ball control so it's gonna be tough to kind of hit those that's why you know when he said stack indy in, in houston like you know they're gonna throw yeah yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with Seattle and Dallas as well, I mean, you're right. I mean, both sides of the, that game is really going to be a little bit more keep away. Baltimore and, and, and LA is, is going to be more keep away as well. So it, that's what's tough because that's the chalk game is, is Indy and, and, and the Texans and everybody's going to be playing that game. Um, it looks like everybody's betting the over on that. So the numbers are getting a little inflated, inflated from a Vegas perspective. So if you, if you can find the alternate route and ah, it, it is tough, but I mean, that's kind of why I think at least from a contrarian perspective, if you're playing tourney, the way to get contrarian is from a roster construction standpoint. And that's where you got to make some bad decisions and fade somebody like Zeke's. Uh, don't do it in cash games. But I think if, it, look, if you want to, you know, in these top heavy tournaments, you want to get to first and, uh, you know, 40% of the field is on Zeke. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, just play the game theory play and, and hope it works out in your favor. All right, can, Nick. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. DFS? Yep. Because this isn't really my, my forte, but I've been, you know, dabbling in it a little bit more. Are are you gonna buy Blake Jarwin that performance he had last week and try and you know see if you can't get another hot week out of him? You know this this is this is uh it's hurting me because two weeks ago when I should have played Chris Herndon I followed the usage and played Blake Jarwin for a hundred dollars less when Jarvin Jarvin Jarwin just put up a stinker and then of course he just trolled the heck out of a lot of us or I guess a few of us that used him and and busted out that three touchdown performance like you mentioned almost had four touchdowns for crying out loud what's interesting I mean everybody's going to take the savings from Ertz on Ebron. And I think of how could you not want to use Ebron against, you know, what has been just a putrid tight end specific defense in, in Houston there. So I get it. But I mean, from a usage perspective, I, I do like what they did. Like I was frustrated that Dallas kept Dak out there, kept the, some of the starters going. I don't, I didn't understand it, but what it did actually do, I can't believe I'm giving credit to the Dallas coaching staff here, but I mean, it did put a very large radar on Black, uh, Black Blake Jarwin to try to potentially take some of the focus off of, uh, you know, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. So, I mean, now the, the, the defense is going to be a little bit more honest. So I do like Jarwin. I like the savings. You know, you're getting 2K savings from e, uh, Ebron to Jarwin. I don't know if I can get there in cash. Having said that, I really like the savings. So, like, if you're going to say, okay, you're going to have – Eric Ebron and then a 3K level receiver versus getting, say, Blake Jarwin and up to Taylor Gabriel uh, or something like that, then I'd rather just take the savings because tight end is still tight end. So I'm not saying I'm bought in, but I am saying I think the usage is there enough to to warrant just not not spending your cap on a tight end position, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I just thought you'd have more insight than I would. I thought it was something I was interested in this week. So basically, that was my question to you. I didn't even have to submit it. Boom. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah, we, we all just want to play Hunter Henry this weekend. But I mean, I don't think we're going to know, you know, if he's going to be on a pitch count, how much how much play is he actually going to get? Like you can use Ryan Griffin down there, 2.6K. I think he had four for 50 or something last time these two teams clashed. I mean, it's not a high upside play. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for some usage versus uh, also the way to attack Indy is, is through that tight end position. So I mean, I can I can get on board with that. I'm, I, I don't hate it anyhow. So I mean, well, if, if you ask if you ask Stephen A. Smith, I mean, Hunter Henry's played great all year. So you know what's so funny? I mean, you can actually spin this that he could spin this. See, I told you guys Hunter Henry was going to play. 
I told you guys he was going to play. He could totally spin this to his advantage if he was smart about it. But, uh, yeah, maybe he doesn't want to bury himself any further than he already has. Poor, poor fella. What are you going to do? Uh, Nick, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? What a question. Inanimate object. Um, I mean, I, I, I run, I do obstacle course racing. So I guess I'm going to say a mountain because I have Ooh. so much more respect for running up and down ski hills, which are pretty much mountainous when you're running. Um, they're beautiful, right? You know, there's the wildlife. People enjoy them, pictures, and people can get in good shape. So how about that? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, geez, best, best eyesight, I, best scene I ever saw. Uh, the foothills of the Gatlinburg, Smoky Mountains there. Uh, just, just an amazing. Uh, just, just beautiful, just beautiful. So if I, if I could move anywhere from Chicago, it would be in the Tennessee area without a doubt. Um, you know, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, that, that area was just absolutely beautiful. So, so take me there any day. I will be that in, an, uh, inanimate mountain right alongside you. Uh, playoff draft PPR. Should I keep, uh, position scarcity in mind and target running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks in that order. Uh, we're drafting on Friday night, and honestly, I have no idea how to attack this other than not showing up to the draft at all. So <laughs> nicely done out there, sir. Yeah, I, geez, I mean, I have not personally done a draft specific playoff, and I think just go where the points are. I mean, if, if you gotta just still go back to what you talked about and, target the team that you think is going to go the furthest so and 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 like do you really want to take zeke if you i don't could you take zeke in this format i don't think i can yeah so it's a really tough question because you know there's no real you know perfect answer because no one knows the future and these playoff games are, are more tightly contested than any kind of regular season game so the the leagues that i've played in before you get the biggest advantage when your player can last longer. You know what I mean? So like you had said, if you draft Zeke and you lose in the first round, you get points for one week. But there's going to be, you know, three, four rounds of playoffs, potentially, depending on your league. And losing your stud in one week doesn't help you, really. I mean, you might last, but you're not going to win the next round. So I would continually target those teams that you think are going to stay hot and they're going to keep winning. Now, again, is that a gamble? Yeah, but guess what? It's the playoffs, and you got to gamble somehow, baby. You know, so I would target those teams. But then you're right. So I would target the studs on those teams, and then go positionally. How many good running backs are there? How many good quarterbacks are there? Tight ends, etc. Like, you know, if if you really want to go and get Ebron, I think that's a pretty good pick because you're gonna have a good tight end production, and he's gonna last multiple rounds. You know, but you have to kind of target how many of those studs, and then place them by position. So I wouldn't ignore position, but I would favor team more than that. Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. And you you, you out there might be saying, well, wait a minute, Dallas is favored in this one. But, I mean, what are they, one, one-and-a-half-point favorites as the home team right now? And, I mean, you know, generally speaking, the home team should be getting three points right there. So if this game was in Seattle, Seattle's going to be four- to five-point favorites in this one. So I think that coupled with just, you know, kind of how hot Seattle has come into the playoffs, not a, Dallas isn't the only one. And I think they're just going to outcoach Dallas a little bit in this one. So I, I like the prospects of Seattle on this one. So, you know, I would forego a Zeke and I would take Chris Carson and I would just kind of bet on that at a cheaper cost just to agree with everything that that Nick was just saying here. And I mean, and our friends at the FFPC, they have the longest running and most unique playoff contest in fantasy football universe. The FFPC playoff challenge, it's $200 to enter with a $200,000 grand prize 
It's a $750,000 total prize pool, for crying out loud, paying down to 600th place. This thing has no salary cap and no draft to worry about. If you're into that type of thing, simply choose 10 players, make up your team's roster. Now there's a catch. You're only allowed to use one player from each NFL team. That means if you choose Tom Brady as your quarterback, you're not allowed to have any other Patriot on your roster. This is going to be your roster for the duration of the entire playoffs, including the Super Bowl. There will not be any changes, substitutions, or free agent pickups once rosters are locked. As NFL teams get knocked out, so will your players. So choose your teams wisely. Don't be that guy who cho- chooses the, the, the cup with all the silver and the gold. Like, Jesus was a carpenter. you got to get that nasty-looking dirty cup. I mean, for crying out loud, have you not seen Indiana Jones? Choose wisely. Choose your players wisely. The contest is capped at just over 4,250 total entries. And, it's look, this, this contest is on the verge of selling out. By the time you're listening to this, it's either late night Thursday, it is Friday, and registrations are going to close Saturday, January 5th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time or emphasis on or when the contest sells out. Sells out. And I, I do this every single year, guys. I'm telling you guys, this contest is going to sell out. I mean, if, if you're waiting till Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, like you're waiting too long. So literally get over there. You're listening to this now. I don't care if you hit pause. Just make sure you get back over to us. Go to myffpc.com and get your team now. That's myffpc.com. Get your team and get that 200000 grand prize at the home of high stakes fantasy football. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. All right, Nick, we are going to jump right back in here with an FMK 2018-2019 playoffs. Here we go. And I threw a few in here because, you know, I did not know that you were a Bears dude. So we, we have solidarity there. But I'm throwing you the Bears, the Ravens, and the Patriots. So uh, FMK, what are you doing? Um, you know, obviously I'm just going to be the Bears because, I mean, been you know, married to them for my whole life. Uh, <laughs> never going to change. Born in 85, Gummy, so, you know, a little special. Um, F and K, well, that's tough. Uh, I will probably go, I have so, and I know this is not all people agree with me here. I have so much respect for Brady and Belichick and what they've achieved over time. It's just, it just, you know, mind boggling. If you want to look at numbers and people can look at, you know, deflate and cheat this whatever whatever <laughs> they're, they're my f and the ravens offense i just can't watch that anymore they're my k can't watch it oh man you know i set this one up hoping that you would kill the pats but clearly that backfired for me and I, i'm not a pats hater i'm with you i mean talk about achievements and accolades patriots have it in spades i just i I'm, i think it's done you know and i 
do they come in this playoff season and, and prove us wrong yet again? I just don't think they have the firepower anyhow. Maybe they have secretly, in conspiracy, kept Rob Gronkowski under wraps so everybody thinks he's actually a right tackle when he actually has something. But, I mean, we, we saw different on that safety play because his coaches set him up for that for crying out loud. I mean, I like what the Ravens are doing, you know, like if they can somehow figure out how to open up that passing game. But, I mean, you've seen it. Lamar, like he, if he doesn't see that read and trust it, like he's just pulling it in and running. I mean, the Chargers, I don't want to say they had his number. They held him, you know, air quotes on held him to just under 40 yards. So, I mean, who's going to win that battle here? Uh, Lamar gets maybe, I would say, you know, I'd, I'd still give Lamar the 50 here. Like, do you think he gets over under 50 yards in this one? I think he goes over. I think you earlier mentioned the Chargers are winning this one, and they should. Uh I, I just, you know what I'm struggling with, and this isn't really quantifiable. How are they going out east and pulling this off in a late game? Like, they're the higher seed. Shouldn't the Baltimore Ravens have to go back on the West Coast for this game? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, you know, this is the same thing of what I think about divisions. If you're in a dynasty league, they make no sense to me. Get rid of them. The best team should have the home game here. But here's what I think. Okay, so I have a coaching background. I think that the Chargers have kind of scaled it back. They knew what they were going to have. They didn't really have a ton to play for. You know, they could have had that top seed. Once they realized that wasn't happening, I don't think they were introducing a lot of new concepts. They weren't going to try and play their hand to all these teams. I think they saved something. I think they got something special going here for the playoffs. Baltimore, I don't think they have it. Lamar's too young. I don't. And this is very different from what a lot of people believe. He can run. He's a great runner if it's designed. He's actually not a great scrambler um, or throwing down the run. He's not great at that. Um, And and he's he's not developed fundamentally for passing. If that first read's not there, as you're saying, it's not good. And so I think the Chargers are really going to expose him. Yeah, Chargers, I think, are just that team that I love to hate on because it seems like strategically they make all the wrong decisions despite all the talent that they have across their roster. It always seems like they're just doing dumb shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't understand what they're doing, what the the decisions they make, like, you know, the the packages they use, like, none of it makes any sense to me ever. And it's frustrating because I used to be the biggest heyday Chargers fan back, you know, the Gates, the LT, the Breeze, like, that's where we grew up playing fantasy football back in the heydays, you know? So, like, I don't know. I'm rooting for you, Chargers. I hope you pull it through. They really are one of the best pound-for-pound teams this, this playoffs, I think. I, I just think they always shoot themselves in the foot when they shouldn't. But, I mean, what are you going to do? If you were to give yourself full reign, Nick, of the food pyramid, you can redesign the Nick Whalen food pyramid. What would it look like? <laughs> All right, well, let's start with this. People need to drink more water. It's literally like 70% of what you are. Let's put that on the bottom. That's important, people. Drink it, okay? <laughs> um, and then the very top of it, okay, I like my sweets. Let's put some, like, chocolate on the top. And then all of the middle... It's a mess because you know what? That's what life is. You got to figure it out as you go. Just realize it's a mess. But as long as you have your water and a little bit of chocolate, it's going to be a good day. You know, it's funny. And and like everybody runs around. I think the stat is like 70% of everybody out there is technically dehydrated. And you're right. And I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's not like I enjoy drinking water. Like, nobody – I'm sure some people do, but I have to force myself to get in there and say, oh, yeah, I need to fill up this little Contigo uh, water bottle here because I haven't had water yet. And I'm just going to, like, slam 
48 ounces of it and take like three pisses in 15 minutes because I know I have to do that and I'm catching up for lost time. Like I drink way too much coffee, so I should be doubling my water intake, right? And so what do I do? I go and I sip on a couple cans of LaCroix throughout the day. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm getting my water here. And it's like, no, that, that sh- probably shouldn't count. Like, I just need to chug more water. And I keep forgetting to do it. But uh, you, you're definitely on your P's and Q's a little bit more when you actually are hydrated. And you don't know how dehydrated you really are. You know this. You're a runner until you actually go out and do some physical activity. You go, oh, shoot, man. I can tell I should not have uh, had that coffee this morning, or I know I should have been drinking more. More, it, it just—it's all bad for you if you're not having water. It's all bad for you. Uh, this house is sick as a dog right now, and I—I I don't know. I think the house is overly good at drinking water, but that's all the more reason why we just need more. I don't know what I'm trying to say, Nick. I think I'm just blabbling at this point about water. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, it's super important, and, and you're right. As a runner, and I do, I do some big workouts, and you'll never be more, um, I don't know, thankful to see water if, because I mean, I'll, I'll go up and down, like I said, mountains are the, I'll run up and down a ski hill for 90 minutes, you know, and that's that's really draining. When you see that water, it is. It looks so good to you. I'm telling you. I know, I know sometimes water, you're like, oh, I don't want to drink water again. But right then, it looks really good. So you, you got to be friends with it, you know? That, that's right. And, 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 uh, call back to earlier this season with, with the Welly Maker, with the, with the Drew Dinkmeyer of the world. Uh, not everybody has easy access to water. So again, get on over there. Make your donation. Make your pledge. Get on over there because uh, not everybody has it as as easy as we do. Um, so that's it for that. Let's go into a dynasty question here. We've got a uh, another one here. It's obvious that the big four running backs are the clear-cut top overall picks in both redraft and dyno, but what about the top-tier wide receivers now? Would you round out the back half of the first round with guys like Nuke and Juju, or is the gap small enough now between the wide receiver ones and the wide receiver twos that it overall it devalues the position altogether? It's a big tug of war versus the age-old wide receivers have long shelf lives and so prioritize them ordeal. You know, I'm personally struggling this one because I have always been uh, on hashtag not only just ageism, right, but hashtag, look, running backs don't matter. I can fill those positions throughout the year through trade, through free agency, through next man up ordeal and just target those, those stud wide receiver ones. And, I mean, when I look back at those teams – Hashtag small sample size, Nick. But I mean, if you got OBJ, you've got Mike Evans. I mean, your your teams didn't aren't doing so hot because other wide receivers are catapulting up because they are just. It's almost like the wide receiver two range is much bigger, and then you know you've got the Juju, the AB, and the Nuke, and that's about it, right? So it's like. I don't, I don't know really which way we should be drafting from a startup perspective right now because I know I want all those value wide receivers and there's so much variance at the position and, and I know the shelf life at running back, there's a lot of turnover now, but I mean, when you find those running backs that are two-wayed, right? And they're getting involved in the pass game, like, they, they need to be prioritized. They're just so much more important than they ever were two years ago when we were having these conversations. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's, it's a really going to be interesting year. And I'm going to, I'm going to pose a question to you. Okay. And, and this is a different angle. This, this actually talks nothing about what you talked about, but I'm going to come to it. So let's say that you have average, like in the whole league, you have average running backs and average wide receivers, 
but you have Mahomes and Ertz. Are you in the playoffs? Mm. You know, I'm still going to – I'm going to say no. I think 45% of the time you are because of just the, the parity in the NFL. Um, Jeez. Ah, I mean, like this year, clearly you probably were because that average – uh, baseline, I think, was catapulted because there was a lot of there were a lot of landmines this year up top. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it just worked out that way. I would say more often than not, those those would not fall in your favor. And so, see, that's where the there's the productive struggle, right? Like me, right. I look at this Patrick Mahomes season and I say. Look, the quarterback position is devalued unless it's a two QB or a super flex league. Like, if is there somebody willing to overpay for a Mahomes? Ertz is a different one because you know positional scarcity, right? And when you have Ertz or or Kittle or Kelsey now, I mean that makes all the difference in the world to always have that positional advantage. And I think from a draft perspective, we're going to see more of those guys pop up, not necessarily from a talent pool perspective, but because they're just going to be used that way more because of the the space invasion. I keep uh, like nerdily mm-hmm. saying the bottom line is that's how you're going to beat all these nickel packages. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. Eventually, that you know, the rest of the season is going to catch up. The rest of the league is going to catch up, and so I think you get on those guys still before the rest of the league catches up with you. Yep. Yeah, and and that's kind of where I was going because, like, let's now again, is Mahomes going to repeat this season? Probably not. But he he's already supplanted himself. He's elite, and so if you had Mahomes and you had Ertz and you go down to the tight end twelve or the QB twelve somewhere that range. You had a 25 point advantage every week. That's humongous. So if you're average in the league in the other two areas, you're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to be contending. And so you're right. You want to get those running backs that catch as well. But I think what people are, are kind of, I don't know, you're talking about wide receivers. One of the issues with wide receivers is right now in offenses like Chicago, like Philadelphia, like all these other places, they're spreading it out. They're not throwing it to one guy all these targets so now it's harder to identify hey this guy's going to get all of them like Hopkins Hopkins still is but I tell you what if Will Fuller's healthy for a whole year is he going to see all those targets if you know uh Kiki was healthy all years you know so that might go down so I think what you need to do is you need to look at those areas where you're going to get the point advantages and I think right now that's tight end as you said I think Mahomes is there because when you look at the other areas Rodgers is going down. Big Ben, is it going to still happen? What's going on in Pittsburgh? You know, try and get those point advantages. And as you said, those running backs. Now I'm going to I'm going to throw a running back out here that people they lost. Now again, we talked about like the the national stage. You know, people are going to be uh, a little disappointed because Melvin Gordon was hurt for the very last half of the year and for part of the playoffs here. Maybe he hasn't performed great. He was like RB three or four in a point <laughs> per game basis. Don't let him slip that far because that guy carried me, one of my teams, to a points championship, to the number one seed, to the championship game. I lost because he wasn't there. You know, that's part of it. But still, those are the point advantages that you want, and people are going to forget about it, just like the tight end point advantage and the quarterback one. So, yeah, I agree. I would kind of shy away from the wide receivers a little bit, go to where you're going, but get the point advantages because you know what? Points matter. The players don't. 
Points matter. Yep, we've learned uh, 2018, hashtag defenses don't matter. But 2019, we're starting the year off right, hashtag points matter. There we go. That's the, I think that's the motto. That's the motto for the show right here. Points matter. <laughs> can, can, can I can I get uh, can I get royalties on that? Yeah, you got you got it. Well, you're talking about royalties. I want some more royalties for you here. We we've got the next question here. Uh, hashtag segue Shark Tank app idea, Nick. That does not exist today. Uh, maybe we get some royalties on this one. So what say you? All right. So I um, I'm a counselor by by day. And what if there's an app where you just put in your problem? Everyone's got problems. Okay, you type in your problem. And maybe it's like, I don't know, like the magic eight ball or whatever. And it spits out an answer to you. Hey, so you ask your problem and it's uh, a relationship problem, a work problem, uh, anxiety problem. And it spits back an answer to you and it gives you a somewhat calming mindset that would help out the world. How about that? I love it. I love it. It's like a modern day Dear Abby is what it is, or Ask Jeeves, one of those things, right? But it's like it's modern, it's sophisticated, and and it's it's also going to not only kind of pool from uh, you know crowdsourcing and other people from like minded areas and like minded individuals and demographically speaking, I think you can get an answer to your problems. And I think now, like, everybody's looking for the quick answer. Nobody really wants, you know, it's like I you mentioned being a counselor, right? And a lot of the counseling stuff is a lot of self-discovery, right? I, I know that for more like business coaching and whatnot where, you know, in, in the, the millennials and in generational gaps, everything is like, like wait a minute. What are you trying to do, get me to do here? Like, I, I don't want to go through this whole process. I just want you to give me the answer. Just give me the answer. And I think this app, Makes sense for that generation, a hundred percent. What what are you calling it? Is is it ask ask prob ask? What do we just call it? Ask Nick, and you you can be the app. We'll just call it. <laughs> we'll call, oh man, that's giving me way too much credit. Well, if it's called ask Nick, then I have to get the royalties, so I'm okay with it. We can we can we got to incorporate Whalen in there, right? Like that's if there's a cool if there's a list of cool last names, like you've got the cool last name. I mean, you can even say, like, Waylon! Like, I'm sure you've never heard that before, but, like, you need a last name where you can actually say it with emphasis. Like, what what do you say for mine? Like, heart. Like, come on. How lame is that? But, I mean, Waylon, your answer now! That's what I'm talking about here. <laughs> the the Waylon. open up the app, and, and it's your voice, I mean, and it's saying that. That would be awesome. And I mean, we can even turn your name into a verb, like uh, like Google, right? I don't know, just Google it. I don't know, just wailing it. I, th- I think you got something here. That's, that's all right. Cool. Hey, well, I'm retiring. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> well, you can't retire yet because you have to take a favorite or popular movie, Nick. Change one letter in the title and uh, give us the new plot. What's it all about? I'm going to be honest. This was probably my favorite question that you submitted me because I'm like, first off. What the heck is this? Okay. <laughs> and second up, I'm like, huh, I pondered this one for a little while. And I'm going to call it cold school. Okay. <laughs> and in, in cold school, instead of, you know, Will Ferrell and, you know, they, they got all this stuff going on with their buddies and middle age issues. It's a survival movie. Okay. They're in a school. All right. And it's freezing temperatures and they have to somehow survive all of these terrible temperatures. So Will Ferrell is like, what can I do to help survive? He tells people jokes, which, you know, people laugh and they move, and that keeps the heart rate up and, and the laughter helps the warmth, and they're surviving together through jokes. If there's anything inherent about comedy, it's putting Will Ferrell into a survival movie. 
Like, it's just bound for accidental comedic gold, like 100% there. So that that's great. Cold school for sure. It, it almost reminded me also, anytime I see school, do you remember? You, you're only a few years younger than me, but I think you're old enough to have caught this flick. There was an old movie called Summer School back in the day when we were growing up, and it was basically just about uh, a teacher getting too close and trying to be buddy-buddy, but he, he ends up being a mentor to all his his students and it ends up getting him into trouble and there's a guy that goes to the bathroom in the beginning of the movie well after the whole movie's over he comes back and like aces whatever exam right and like oh wait a minute where you been all year he said he was in the bathroom like he got locked in the bathroom or something i don't i don't know why but it's one of my favorite movies of all time and i think that goes with cold school you can change summer school to bummer school and it's really a story about just a, a couple I don't, I don't know what it would be about i think i just wanted to say bummer school but like we can put will ferrell <laughs> with, with, where i'm going though is will ferrell would be the lead in this instead of the the guy i don't remember the actor's name but like christy swanson was in that movie do you remember that movie nick no i don't you you got homework man like one of the greatest comedic 1980s movies um I don't know. It's probably not that good. Like when you go back and watch '80s movies, are they ever as good as you thought they were when you were growing up? Like chances are they're not. Like go back and watch any of the Schwarzenegger flicks, and you look back and like, wow, this is pretty horrible. And you think it was good, like with the exception of Jaws. Uh, shout out to Silva there. I did go back and watch Jaws on his his recommendation, and that one still holds up. And in fact, when you go back and look at Jaws, the way they outlined that movie, I mean, they they quite literally set the foundation for every single horror movie yet to come. So just just before it's time, I guess the the trendsetter basically. No, it's a good. I actually saw Jaws uh, a few months ago, and I thought it was impressive. And and a lot of those '80s movies, I think they have a different appreciation because it's not all techy as it is now. Mm-hmm. And I think your appreciation of what they were trying to do to sell that story and to entertain people. People. But now, you know, one uh, brand or title or whatever that franchise that has lost its luster is like the Mission Impossibles, because now there's so many action movies like, well, anybody can do that. But like back then, that was like cutting edge, but they don't see it that way now. Yeah, it's very difficult to go back and just that's why I'm always perusing the indie movie scene. Like, just give me a good movie with a phenomenal story, phenomenal character development, and just just a B-rated movie that you're not going to see in the movie theater because it didn't even make it that far up the charts. Those are the best movies, you know. Sometimes that's why I love the Netflixes and the Amazon Primes of the world because that's where you find those types of movies. Uh, you know, that's where you, that's just, that's the way to go. That's the way to go. But, uh, give us, give us the moment in history that you would choose to go back to and witness in person. Uh, so I, I stuck with movies in this one, which isn't a real moment in history, but Shawshank Redemption is just one of the best movies mm. ever, right? I mean, it's just a great movie. I want to be there when, I, and I just want to see Andy Dufresne when he gets out of that pipe and he's like raising his arms up in the storm and he finally got out of the prison. I just want to see it. You know, and maybe I'll follow him. We'll go on that beach, you know. We'll 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 enjoy we'll enjoy, you know, a life off of uh that money that he stole from the prison. But uh I just want I just want to see it because the the joy in his face had to be amazing. Oh yeah. At that uh greatest greatest movie of all time. Maybe. Well, I don't know, number I I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like if you put a gun to my head, I would say the greatest movie of all time is pretty egregious, I know, but it would be Swingers with Vince Vaughn, John Favre Favre or something. Pretty 
not a pretty good movie. I just I love the the plot. I love I love the banter. I love how they play off of one another. So like that's the that would be the goofy one outside of Shawshank. So give me your best give me your best goofy movie of all time. Oh man. I'm a pretty goofy guy, but I don't know that I have one that's my favorite. I mean, I mean, when you're talking about like my my wheelhouse, ironically, I I like uh, Days of Thunder over Top Gun. I like that in terms of like a sports-ish movie. I mean, Hoosiers is up there, obviously. Oh I, yeah, Gladiator. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to be Maximus? Like, just like stands for like everything, you know? Um, man, you're so you're looking for that moment. See, I that. That moment in the end of the movie when you just get the goosebumps all over your body and you're not ashamed to say it, the tears start to well up in your eyes and you just you get that slow clap glowing. Like they do not achieve that greatness in movies today anymore, do they? They don't. No, Maybe we're just not, not a whole lot. Or they force it. It feels really forced. How about this? I'll give you one. You're talking about indie movies. Maybe one for people to check out if they haven't seen it before. Have you seen uh, The Peaceful Warrior? I have not. I have not. No. There we go. All right. I've got homework too. The Peaceful Warrior. What? What? What was your homework? I gave you homework earlier too. Oh, summer, summer school. school. Yeah. There's a hundred percent chance your movie's going to be better than my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Peaceful Warrior. I will guarantee will be better than Summer School without a doubt. Oh, there you go, man. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll have to come back to the pod, and then, and then it's only a movie pod talking about the movies we saw in our thoughts. There we go. There we go. That's that's what it's all about. Mo- all movie right. biz. Movie this, movie this, hashtag movie this. I like it. All right. Well, wailing your way into a hot take for the wild card weekend here. Tie a bow, to, uh, wrap a bow, but tie a bow in it. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Give us, give us the hot, give us the deets. Well, as a Bears fan, I don't even need to have the hot take that we're going to crush Nick Foles. Okay. <laughs> I know this whole, he can beat anybody with, you know, throwing with his left arm, whatever. I get it, Eagles fans. You had, Magic last year. That's not even a hot take anymore. The hot take is going to be Houston's going to get absolutely crushed by Indianapolis. Indianapolis is rolling. That defense isn't just a pushover anymore. Luck's back. That O-line's back more healthy than it was. Okay. I, I like Marlon Mack, right? Hilton is banged up, but he's still just producing. You got Ebron. They are going to crush Houston. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to double up Hopkins and they're going to make anybody else beat him. Boom. There it is. There it is. And that's going to wrap up the Wild Card Weekend Show. And uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast. If you have any questions you want answered, again, on the RV uh, mailbag, just email us, rotavizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotavizradio. Use the hashtag RV mailbag. Nick, my man, thank you so much for carving out the time and coming on the show. Uh, just a blast to, to catch up and shoot the you-know-what. So uh, give us the plugs. Give us the deets. Uh, where can we find the Devry Report and all that jazz? Yeah, no, thanks for having me out. The one thing I wanted to point out, I wanted to point this out earlier is that, you know, people, we, we put a lot of time into producing stuff for you, you know, like this podcast, like publications, et cetera. You know, and, and it may seem like a couple of dollars here or there to whoever you support, but just support the industry. You know, people work hard, you know, and this is not the main job for most people and whatever it is. It doesn't have to be me. Just, just, just try and support the industry because, you know, again, we just do this out of love. So just think about it that way. Um, Plugs, uh, yeah, the Debbie Report, that's at thedebbyreport.com. Uh, I made two publications last year, the Debbie Report and the Graduates. I'll be working, I've been working on those currently for next year, so it's a lot of time, but, uh, I hope people like them. It's 100% worth it. Get on over there. And, uh, I mean, it is the best 
investment you're going to make for your time. I mean, you don't have to put in all the work. We're doing that for you. Nick is doing the hard work for you. Trust him. He knows what he's talking about, and you're getting it for a song. I mean, this information should be more. I'm telling you right now, like, Nick, your price point's too low. I'm telling you that on the airwaves because it is worth more than that. And so you know what? Like, take advantage of this information. If you're out there and you haven't gotten it, I mean, you're just, quite frankly, a fool. So get on over there to thedebbyreport.com and make it happen. And get on over to Twitter. He is at underscore Nick Whalen. And do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. Have a happy wild card weekend. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.